This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we return from the Matrix. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. You're listening to Payne.tv slash gold, ladies and gentlemen. No, honestly, I really do hope that that... Um, that clip helped you sort of put everything into context here. I mean, it, to me, it's just eerie. And I know that um, these technocrats and these transhumanists alive today that are building this prison planet and this matrix did not watch the movie The Matrix uh, 20 years ago and then say, hey, let's go build the matrix. We'll call it the metaverse. Now that's predictive programming. That is a slap in our face. It's a way that they publish exactly what they're doing. And then if we don't revolt against it, if we don't say no to it, as they slowly roll it out, then it is on us. Their karma is clear. Their conscience is clean. And that's how they look at it. Folks. That is the weird religion that these guys operate under and one day we will get into that as well but i have to figure out how i can do it without getting us kicked off all the platforms so let's pick up here with the world economic forum panel discussion i'm going to pick up right where we left off yesterday standing so these are the positives there are also some things that need to be addressed as you rightly said how do we ensure that it becomes a you know not a have and have not kind of future but a future like the internet where everyone can get on board and, and benefit from the positive outcomes of the metaverse from the get-go. And how can we reduce the delta? The internet, the, the first people on the internet, I think they were 10 years ahead of everyone else. Today we're seeing people in India and you know, in Africa going, going on board. How do we, do we reduce that delta? Right, so he's talking about how does everyone benefit from this new metaverse that these guys are building? 
Okay, so far, they've pretty much said you're going to go to meetings in it and play video games inside of it and buy things from them. So now it's, well, how do we benefit? I don't know. Do the plebeians just get uh, entertained as we usually do? Have our hard work turned into food coupons and then we give it back to them for subscriptions and digital clothing? I don't know. Let's continue here, folks. Oh, you know, I think that uh, to just restate it, you know, Inequality in all its forms, specifically wealth inequality, is as grave a concern for us, I think, as climate change as we move forward. Right, right. So to these technocrats, these transhumanists, these people trying to engineer humanity out of existence and drive us into this metaverse matrix, inequality and wealth inequality are a major concern to them. And it's such a big concern, folks. It's right up there, right up there with uh, climate change. So climate change and wealth inequality, like these people care about wealth inequality. What they're talking about is they want all of us to be poor and for them to be the gods with all of the wealth, all of the power, all of the influence. And, and you know, uh, Second Life, for example, is a company that for a long time has been meeting as avatars, as you might imagine, <laughs> for years. And you know, we have people all over the world. And so we've had a lot of experience with this getting together and having meetings as avatars rather than a Zoom. But I do think, as you say, for an example of a grave challenge and danger that we now face is precisely this, that as we begin to travel again, we will separate into two classes, basically. Those with the means to travel and meet face to face, and those who are left behind on Zoom. And in hybrid meetings, a particular concern I have, those meetings we have with our teams where two or more people are in the room together and thus enjoy real eye contact and real intimacy, and everybody else is on the Zoom call. Yeah. Think, think how bad that's going to be. We don't know it yet because in COVID, we were all on Zoom. Right. The CEO was on Zoom. Everybody was on Zoom. Now we're about to have half the people on Zoom. So I have a different Right, right, right. Okay, 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 okay. Let's stop that for a second. So let's see what he was saying there was that during COVID, everyone was stuck inside of the metaverse via Zoom. But now there's going to be this level of inequality as COVID opens back up. Again, this is from May uh, May 2022. And so he's saying now you're going to have people that can travel and meet eye to eye, but then there's going to be this inequality because there's going to be people who cannot afford to travel and meet eye to eye. And therefore, those people are going to have to meet on Zoom. Some people are going to work remotely and enter the office via Zoom, via the metaverse, but some people are going to be in the office and he actually makes a mistake there uh, i don't think the other people were very happy because he made it seem like being stuck on zoom was a bad thing he said those people will be left behind but again what their solution is going to be because they've created the problem they're provoking the reaction and then the solution is we're going to give you something better than zoom we're going to give you the metaverse in which you can meet eye to eye by putting on a magic leap headset from peggy over there and it'll have four cameras that track your eyes and so your eyes will meet the eyes of the real person slash the fake person the mind twin whatever you're going to be meeting with inside the metaverse so he was setting up the cell the cell is being left behind with this 
sort of archaic technology like Zoom is going to be this terrible thing. You're not going to be able to afford to meet in person or you're not going to go back to the office because you work remote. But don't worry, we're going to let you come into the metaverse for your meeting. We're going to let you play ball inside of our immersive world. Question, and this is something from your second life experience I'm very curious about. One of the things we've seen on social media is that people uh, act one way in real life. When we're, when we're here, uh, something I might say to you face to face um, I wouldn't necessarily say to you, uh, something I, I would say uh, online, I might not say to you face to face. I think we're seeing this on uh, Twitter, all sorts of social media platforms where people, and, and by the way, even Slack inside people's companies, people will say stuff to each other digitally that they wouldn't say in person. And I'm curious what your experience with that has been in Second Life and how do you think that manifests itself, if it will, in a yeah. much larger metaverse universe that we would all live in? Okay, that's an interesting question there. And let's see how this gentleman answers. But basically, you know how this is, folks. You're on Twitter, you're on Facebook, whether you're talking to someone who just operates under an avatar, they're anonymous, or whether maybe you're even talking to a family member on Facebook and you know who they are, there's a lot of times people will say things in writing, even over text message, that they wouldn't say in real life. Some people can get really ballsy, real cocky, real crazy in writing, and then when you see them in real life, they're very timid or shy and they won't say the type of things they would normally say in writing when they don't have to see someone face to face. So now that's a problem they created, right? By creating communication that is antisocial, not social, because people aren't looking at each other in the eye. You're not thinking about civility and mortality or getting punched in your face the way you would in real life. And so a lot of times people have these fights nowadays over text message or on social media, and then they don't actually end up ever going to see that person again in real life because they're sort of embarrassed about what they said and they have to hide behind what they said and from what they said. So let's see how he answers this. Great example about that. Way back in the beginning when Second Life started out, but we had a substantial number of people that were hanging around in there. We had a precisely this experience where we had a text forum, you know, something like Reddit or Slack, as we have today, and people would get in that forum, and just as you say, they would get very nasty with each other about, you know, what, what had happened in the world and why they were mad about it and why that person was terrible. And I would sometimes intervene in these things, and I would immediately go log on into Second Life and walk right up. Now, this is not with a headset. You don't need that for this experience. But if you walk up to somebody synchronously as an avatar and get within arm's length of them, you know, as an avatar, and they see that, and you both see that, and you say to them, hey, I saw what you wrote in the forums. What's up? That's, you're really upset. You know, every time the person as an avatar would say, just what we would say face to face. I'm so sorry. I don't know what got into me. I'm, I'm here to listen to your perspective. I understand there's two sides or you know, four sides to this or whatever. Um, so absolutely. One of the positive things that moves me every day to you know, keep coming to work is that when you get together face to face and it's synchronous and you're really talking, even online, even as avatars, not yet even in the headsets, uh, it definitely makes you behave the way we all behave to each other here. Okay, folks, so, so now what he's saying is don't worry, don't worry. We can replace the real-life rea uh, interactions because inside Second Life, which is more of a video game you play on a screen, when you walk your avatar up to another avatar and then someone on the other end who's controlling that avatar sitting at their computer watching it on a screen 
gets near each other, it calms everything down. So when the metaverse comes in, your mind twin is inside of this metaverse, there'll be more civility than, so, okay, so look at it. Let's just look at it like this. If you want to take this from a tech, technological standpoint, let's say what we were in before the Great Reset was the third industrial revolution, which was IT and technology as the World Economic Forum explains it. But now we're entering into the fourth industrial revolution, which is the merger of the physical, the digital, and the biological. So now what they're doing is they're talking about all the problems in which they created, okay? So they created the problem, which is this anti-social media, and now the reaction is, oh, I'm being bullied online. I'm being bullied online. And now the solution is, don't worry, we're creating the metaverse for you. And in the metaverse, people will meet face-to-face -face digitally, and therefore a lot of the bullying and the trolling and such will stop. So again, it's problem-reaction-solution. It's always problem-reaction-solution. This is how they continually advance the technocracy. And the answer to the problems they create and the reactions that they provoke are always more technology. So they create the problem with the technology, and then the answer is more technology, more power, more control, more governance for us. Give us more power, and we will fix the problems that we already created. And that's why they have the gentleman from the United Arab Emirates government up there who's talking about how all the governments around the world need to take part in governing the rules and regulations and laws of the metaverse. Because it's always about power, and it's always about control. And is your sense that there will be people who will uh, live under their own names, but possibly other people who will live anonymously as avatars and how does that work I don't yeah, know who wants uh, to take th that yeah go ahead Peggy well I that's that's interesting just you know given what's going on now with right. you know anonymous Twitter handles and things um, I think it's going to be particularly when we get to the point where there are cameras on you or you want to depict yourself that way it's going to be as if I'm standing right next to you and I'm going to have that same difficulty saying things to you even if the virtual Andrew, that I wouldn't have maybe if I was online. So, it Folks, does it sound creepy to you? Just how she says this in passing. Just how she's like nonchalant of, well, uh, you know, the day that you have like all these cameras all over you, then you're not really going to be willing to talk smack inside of the metaverse because <clears throat> her solution that she's offering where they're at is you're wearing the magic leap virtual reality headset. Okay. Which has four cameras tracking your eyes. And then you're going to have other cameras set up in your room, your studio, whatever sitting around your chair. And those cameras will track your body movements. That'll be projected inside whatever metaverse they're building or whatever solution they're providing. But when you go to the mind twin phase, that's going to be operated without having to have cameras. It sort of works on its own. Or with Elon Musk Neuralink, the goal with that 
is that you're going to be entering this metaverse very similar to the movie the matrix and just walking around in there using your mind you're not going to have to have cameras that are tracking your real body because your body movements aren't going to matter because the movements come from your brain and your brain controls the digital projection of yourself the puppet the mind twin and so what she's talking about is sort of this bridge technology in which they will have cameras all over your room. You will be wearing one of those suits with the sensory devices on it, something in your mouth that you can taste, something up your nose that you can smell, earbuds that you can hear, um, gloves and uh, socks that have sensors so it feels like you're touching something or you're walking on something. Uh, they even have ones, I don't want to get graphic, but they even have ones... Uh, that you would wear, just say like an underwear that, that then gives you sensations as if you're you're um, being pleasured by someone else. No, they have all kinds of crazy stuff they're developing. So that's sort of the bridge technology before they get to the Neuralink brain chip that just has the wires in your brain that will tickle the senses in your brain and make it all a reality as you control your mind twin walking around inside of the metaverse. Absorb that, ladies and gentlemen, because I know it sounds a little bit crazy, but you did just watch The Matrix, and I think Morpheus explained it quite well, if Peggy over here at the World Economic Forum did not. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin gold this is the dust and gold standard and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold i will be right back you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You're listening to pain.tv slash gold. And this is the Dustin Gold Standard, ladies and gentlemen. So we are watching the World Economic Forum panel discussion on the metaverse. You know, always try to um, try to remember what you're listening to because sometimes you get sucked into it and then you forget exactly what we're listening to but this is a panel discussion on the development of the metaverse the governance behind the metaverse the monetization that will come out of the metaverse and the technologies that these technocrats are working on so let's jump right back into this folks the closer we get to replicating the physical world we're going to feel that again i feel it now when we have our meetings just my internal meetings and two of my team are over in the corner laughing about something. I'm like, what are you talking about over there? And, you know, because right. I feel like they're there. So, yeah, and see, it's replicating the real world. Again, we went over this yesterday. Why are they working so hard to replicate the real world? Why don't we just live in the real world? If the technology has been causing all these problems, as they say, why don't they just start closing down their companies removing the Amazon ring cameras, getting rid of the VR and AR goggles, rolling back on the Internet of Bodies wearable devices. Yeah, why don't they get rid of some of the technology? Why don't they say, yeah, we screwed up. The technology causes ADD. The technology causes antisocial behavior. The technology is turning people into narcissistic sociopaths. The technology is sucking children in 
and pulling them away from the real world. The technology is completely destroying humanity. The technology is going in the direction of genetically modifying humans out of existence. If they really cared about humanity, they wouldn't be trying to duplicate and replicate real life inside of the cyber world. They would be rolling back the cyber world that they've been building around us, but that is not the intention. The intention is to drive us further and further into the cyber world. What 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 are you thinking about in terms of anonymous? Oh, I mean, and, uh, and that, because this also has to do with democracies. I mean, some people would argue, you know, the Arab Spring uh, happened in part because uh, there were people who could actually act anonymously, but as a group online. Sure. How does that work in the metaverse? So I think you'll have both systems. Um, in the early internet, we had pseudonymity pretty much as the norm, pretty much everywhere. We can all remember the version of 2004 where you had your AOL handle, and that was how you used eBay. That was how you used um, you know, the early services, Reddit, Flickr, sort of the first version of events. I mean, the, the primary insight of the early Facebook experience was that your real name was required and that that was going to come with a completely different set of social norms for all the same reasons that there's centuries of research that the more distant you are from your real name and your real face, you'll take on different behaviors. Um, I think that's also good things in that. Um, but as I said before, and I think as a lot of folks have said, having spaces with different rules is going to be very important because you're gonna get spaces where you want real identity as the norm. I think a business meeting is probably a good idea. We're all wearing our real name on our, in front of us. Um, and there's going to be some places where you want to let people explore other identities. If you look at Roblox right now, one of the most amazing examples, I think, of the metaverse already being here. Um, if any of you have kids who play Roblox, you already have 100 million people using Roblox. Right. Two, it's on any screen. Um, and so because of cloud rendering and other technologies, any phone or any PC, and I think this is part of the equality conversation, by the way, is that VR and AR will be devices you can use, but they also need to be accessible from any device, any smartphone with an internet connection. Oh, yes. The metaverse is going to have to be accessible from any device with an internet connection because of equality. So everyone is going to need access to the metaverse. Now, if the metaverse was just a video game or the metaverse was just a streaming platform like Netflix, or the metaverse was just a social media website like Facebook, where this gentleman is from. If the metaverse was any of that, then why would there even need to be some sort of regulation, some sort of law that says that everyone, anywhere there is an internet connection, needs to be granted access to this on any type of device, whether that be an iPhone, an iPad, a computer, a laptop, a VR headset, an AR headset, a smart TV, a gaming system, whatever it may be. See, that's the point he just made there, that everyone, and that has to do with equality, everyone needs to have access to it. Because obviously the goal, folks... Because no one up there argue with him, but obviously the goal is that everyone is going to need to have access to it. Now, if they see that that's the future of commerce or the future of 
the entire world, then obviously everyone is going to need to have access to it. Eventually, they're going to make everyone have access to it because they're going to force you into it. You're going to live and work and be entertained inside of this metaverse. Otherwise, this wouldn't even be a topic of conversation. He wouldn't have brought that up. He's there on behalf of Facebook to pitch this. Remember, Facebook is running Horizon Worlds, one of the metaverses already. Facebook has the Oculus, which is their VR headset. And so you can see him already setting this up, that everyone, everyone, this is how it's equitable, is going to need access. Just like Elon Musk said on Joe Rogan Experience, that the cost of the brain ship will only be a couple, few thousand dollars, and you'll be able to get some kind of a loan for it. But don't worry, you're going to be able to pay it back quickly because it'll make you smarter. Well, why do they need to make it so cheap? Why would the investors behind all of this want to make it so accessible or so cheap, so affordable? Because the goal is everyone is going to have to be on it. Because this is the world that they're actually building for us. Okay, let's continue. Um, so to the core of the question, you're going to want pseudonymity. You're going to want it in certain contexts. For pseudonymous contexts, you want either a shared space, like we're, we're doing something together. We're at the same concert. We're at the same comedy club. We're in the same church or mosque. Or you want moderation. So you want somebody in that space who feels responsible for keeping track of what the rules are and who feels responsible for the behavior inside. Okay, so now to get to his other point, they were talking about these pseudonyms, right? And he was talking about the early days of the internet where you had an AOL account and then you utilize the AOL, your AOL handle, your avatar, your username, whatever you want to call it. And so let's say you have a Gmail account and let's say that's uh, whatever, Dustin at gmail.com. And so what he's saying is that Gmail account, that AOL account, that metaverse avatar, that mind twin is going to be your access into all of these different worlds. And now when you enter certain of the worlds, think of it like he said, the comedy club, the mosque, uh, the concert or whatever, you may be able to go in there with just your pseudonym or just your avatar or whatever. Now in other worlds, you might be able to skin that and create a character for yourself. Like if you went into some kind of a game, but then if you were in a business meeting, you might have to show your real name, but trust me where they're going with this. And uh, Peggy earlier in the conversation mentioned about the Twitter bots. And that's because when this conference was going on, it was at the time that we were being teased that Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter and he was having a battle with them over the bots. And he wanted to know how many bots there really were. And he wanted to basically identify every person on there as a real human because you're going to be forced. The conversation is going there if you... Uh, Look up other information on this, and I'll eventually do it on the show. But the conversation is moving towards the fact that your avatar, your handle, your username, whatever, is going to be based on you having to prove that you're real, that you're a human to opt in. Even though their system could easily pick out uh, bots if they wanted to. They could write a program that could find the bots and they would know everyone who's on there is actually human. 
they're going to make you prove that you're human by providing probably not just your driver's license and or your passport, maybe your social security information, maybe your birth certificate, but obviously biometrics, which they pick up off any of your devices anyway, like the iPhone that scans your face or scans your eyes or scans your thumbprint. They have all this. And then eventually that data, if it's not already, is combined into your overall digital footprint police file. Like I told you, we all have a file on us somewhere in the cloud uh, of which Clearview AI, Peter Thiel's company, focused on using facial recognition to in real time pull up all the data on you across the entire internet or similar to what they're doing at the IRS using Peter Thiel's Palantir software where they can track you down via financial transactions pinned to your social media and to your phone records. And so you will have to provide a certain amount of biometric data to them which then proves that you're human but really pins you to this identity and therefore you can't do anything against the system when you're inside of the metaverse because they know who you are you are tagged with essentially like a social security number here in the united states and so now they have this digital footprint on you that's constantly growing it's assigned to you other people can't jump in there as you inside this metaverse because it's not a game because it's going to be your new reality it is going to be your new world as synthetic as it may be these people want us living in there just like in the movie the matrix ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard i will be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold <laughs> 